As always, I want to thank you for spending this time. I know that your lives are very busy. You could be doing a lot of other things, and yet you set aside these moments once a week, once a month, whatever it is, to sit with me. And it absolutely means the world to me that you do. I'll, I'll remind you also that we have uh, a website called Healing Care Ministries. You can go there and look at a lot of resources, seminars coming up, places where I'm speaking, books that I've written, anything that you may find valuable for your journey or for the journey of people you know. <clears throat> let's, let's pray. Father, as we come today, we join in the name of Jesus, and we ask for your sweet presence to be with us, to guide us, to direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was in church today, uh, Sunday, and our guest preacher was actually a friend of mine. His name is Mike Parker. Good guy. Used to be the pastor of a Presbyterian church, worked for Healing Care Ministries for a while, was responsible for putting together a lot of the program called Rooted, and he was there to substitute while our own pastor is recovering, actually recovering from a car accident. Mike preached a great sermon today. And, and he, he set up the story of the glory of the gospel by beginning with showing us what was true of the tabernacle and the temple. And the bottom line was that not everybody got access to the place of intimacy with God. That was in the Holy of Holies. And only certain people were allowed to go there at a certain time after they followed certain ceremony and uh, rituals that would allow them to be there. And so there wasn't a sense that the individual follower of God could be intimate with his presence. It happened in the Holy of Holies where the priest was ministering. And then Mike said, and then one day, God's presence exploded into the world. Wow, did that grab me. The presence of God exploded into the world, which meant that it was no longer limited to simply that one time and that one place for this very specific group of people to experience. But his presence became available across the globe and of course, it became available through the ministry of Jesus Christ. You see, what Jesus did for us is moved us from people that stand and watch others experience intimacy with God and intercede on our behalf to people that get to experience the presence of God. Isn't that a great image? Exploded across the world. I think it's part of why Jesus preaches in Mark Chapter 1 about the fact that the kingdom of God is now here and that the purpose is that there's no longer a specific time or place or person, but all of us through Christ have the availability to walk in intimacy with God. Now, I want you to think about what we may take for granted because we've, we've been Christians. We've 
experience Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We host his presence. We are now part of the living temple of God. And yet there was a time when that was not true. And it's through Jesus that it has become true. And I want to link this to a few verses that come out of Isaiah chapter 53. I'm sure you're familiar with this text. It's read often during the season of the Passion and the crucifixion of Jesus. But there's, there's just some pieces here that I want to lift up that are consistent with the idea that now, because of Christ, something is new in all of us. I want to begin actually with verse chapter 2 because it's, it's going to talk about, it begins to talk about the suffering servant. And it says that he grew up like a tender shoot, a root out of dry ground. What, what an amazing image that is. A root out of dry ground. If you've ever spent any time in the desert, you recognize the virtual impossibility that it is that anything that would sustain life would grow out of that ground. And what the writer is trying to portray for us is the harsh reality of the life that we had before Jesus. By the way, when I think of this, this root out of a dry ground, I have to think about the drive that we used to take when we'd come across the country and pass through eastern Nevada. There are wonderful people there, and there are great cities but there are places where the landscape is almost hard to bear. It is so barren and so dry. And all that you see for mile upon mile upon mile are craggy rocks that looks like someone had baked them in an oven where nothing grows. And that image is an image that we need to hold as to well, what is it like before Christ to not have intimacy with God, to not be able to draw close to him, to only have a representative that's allowed to get close? And our job is to simply obey the rules with hopes that we can come out okay on the other side. There's a hopelessness to it. There's a sense there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. It's beyond our ability. And then it moves to verse 4 when it says that he took on our pain. He took on our suffering. You see, it's a picture of Jesus realizing what it's like for us to be barren. And to have no hope on our own to be able to do a single thing about this issue of intimacy with God. And yet Jesus takes on our pain. He takes on our suffering. He chooses to carry it. It's as if he's saying, put this all on me. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in perfect empathic connection, realized the desperation 
the dryness, the lifelessness of our situation. And so Jesus comes and he takes on our pain. He takes on our suffering. And then it goes on, and it talks about the fact that by doing this, this is in the latter part of verse 5, he, t- he, he brings us peace with God. It says he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. It's almost as if he's saying, we caused this barrenness. We got ourselves into this desert of dryness. We are in a situation of hopelessness. And Jesus goes into that situation and he takes it on. For what purpose? To take on the punishment that would ultimately bring us peace. I mean, I just don't know that I can express it in the breathtaking terms that it deserves. He sees the barrenness of our circumstance, and he steps in there, and he lays hold of our pain, lays hold of our suffering, lays hold of our emptiness, and he holds it and lets that punish him in order that we can then be at peace. A punishment that brought us peace. Is it any wonder that we then praise him, that we worship him, that we lift up his name, that we celebrate him in both cross and empty tomb? And then that same passage goes on and says, and by his wounds we are healed. How mysterious this is, that in him being wounded, we become healed. In him carrying what was ours to carry, we are able to be set free to run and to be alive and to move beyond surviving to thriving because of Christ. And what it says in verse 7 is that while all of this was happening, he never protested. He never proclaimed the injustice of it all. He never complained. But he was like a lamb, silent. See, it's there. It's right there that the breakthrough comes where God's presence explodes into the world so that we all now, because we have peace with God, can experience the wonder of his presence. You remember in the New Testament that when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he, behold, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God that will once and for all set us free and atone for all of the mistakes that we've made that caused us to live in a barren wilderness that could birth no fruit. By his wounds, we are healed, the wounds of the lamb. And you remember that in the book of Revelation, it talks about that that John, the apostle, saw a lamb as if it was slain right at the center of the throne which is the picture of Jesus 
doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. Let's just think about this for a moment. Go back to Mike's statement. There was a day in which God's presence exploded into the world so that all of us could walk in intimacy with him. No longer confined to a temple and a holy of holies, but actually now abiding in us so that we end up being called the temple of God and we get to take this presence out into the world every day in the relationships that we have. This is why we glory in Christ. This is why we praise him. This is why we want to walk the way of Jesus, the way Jesus walked the way. In your most barren, unfruitful time, Jesus took it on for you. And how it had been punishing you, it ends up punishing Christ so that you can have peace, so that I can have peace with God, but not just peace, but by the wounds he receives, we too can be healed. O Lamb of God. How precious are these thoughts. A good reason for us today to be grateful, to sing a song of praise, and to remember what privilege it is to host the Holy Spirit that we might take him into the world as God has exploded his presence that all might have intimacy with him.